Dalit today is Chafhei, I believe. Um, and Should we're we gonna. Trust you trust me. <laughs> if not, okay. We listen whatever you say. Yeah? Okay, whatever. Correct me. So we're gonna start our review from. Uh, where do we start? Um, basically, I think. Uh, the bottom of the page on Daf Chavkim base. I believe that's where we started from the Bamine Rav Yosef. It's about seven lines up on Daf Chavkim Alamid base. Okay, we're learning Lilu Nishmas from a Bashmol Shimon Ben Shemem and Aliyah, Naftali Yosef Ben Chaim Nisan Alevi, and also Daniel Ben Baruch Ben Yudalei Beimi. So the question is, it's done. Daniel Baruch Ben Yudalei is done. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. He's not saying Kaddish. No, no, but not Kaddish. But he doesn't saying. say Kaddish because it's because uh, no. it's a child. He said one year. Kaddish. He, he said for what? He has no one who else yeah, is going to say for Yeah, he said he's done. Yeah. Ah, he didn't tell me to stop. That's all I know. I try to stop. Okay. Why don't you ask him? Okay. All right. Anyway, so the question that was raised. Okay, Viter. Okay, the question was raised. Was uh, at the bottom of the page is that uh, what about putting your tefillin under your head? Um, we know that for sure you're not supposed to put it under by your feet. That's bizayon. But what about under your head? So he so so he told him this was Rav Yosef asked Rav Nechunya. Rav Yosef, the son of Rav Nechunya, asked Rav Yehuda this question. So Rav Yehuda told him that look, let me tell you what Shmuel says. He says it's mutter. Not only is it mutter to put it by your head, but even if you're with your wife, so meaning he might be intimate with his wife, it's still Okay, to leave it under that. Now, problem is, we had a very explicit proof from Abraisa that that is not true. It says that a person cannot put the phone by his feet because it's a bizarre. That's fine. But you also can put it by your head. But you could put it by your head. But if it's with your wife, then you can't. And you must put it either three tvachim below or three tvachim above, etc. Bottom line is, it's straight up, not like Tiyofta, uh, Deshmol, Tiyofta. Comes along Rav and says, even though there's a Tiyofta to Shmuel from the Brisa, nevertheless, that Lacha follows Shmuel in this. The reason is, is because Kolvin to Rinhu meaning the protection is a bigger concern than the protection of the Tvelin, is a bigger concern than the design of the Tvelin. And that's what's a prior, that's a higher priority. Where do you put the Tvelin when it's by your head? So he said, between the car and the kasas, that's what Gemara says, between the pillow and the mattress, as, but not directly beneath his head. He doesn't lie on top of the tefillin. Now, um, I, Rebchia, says that uh, you put it in its case, okay? Koiva is like its case under his head. Doesn't that sound like it's right by the head? So Gemara says not necessarily. It's like right near there. You put the stick, it sticks out um, um, over, um, basically towards the outside and not towards the bedside. Anyway, um, Bar Kapara would tie it up in a um, in something, uh, some type of... Uh, uh, anyway, he would tie up the tefillin um, in a urea, like some type of sheet that uh, is on the side of the bed and he would tie it into the basically into the bed sheets. That's how I understand it. Um... Rav Shisha, Breder Rav Idi, would place it on a stool and cover it with a blank, with a sheet. Um, Rav Hamnuna 
said that one time I was standing in front of Rava, and he said, go bring me my tefillin, and he found the tefillin between the pillow and, and mattress, not by his head, but like by near the head area, and I realized that it was a day of the mikvah, and it was to teach the Allah Lamaisa that we not that we actually physically practice practically paskin like Ravo like uh Shmuel. Now uh Rav Yosef Brader of Nakhuni asked another question from Ibuddha. Two people are in a bed together. Can they face opposite directions to read Krishna even though they're naked under the covers? And that was the Shaila. Um, so he said Shmuel says that even with your wife, you're allowed to do that. So Rav Yosef says, what do you mean, even with your wife? Maybe it's better if it's with your wife, because that's someone who you're accustomed to. Um, who else would be in the bed with you? Other members of the household. We have to realize it was, uh, anyway, sometimes. The trolley in the chocolate factory, right? Right. Grandparents. Grandparents, everyone, right. He is. Okay. I'm familiar. Okay. Okay. If you can only afford one bed. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, so the Gemara says, uh, okay, it brings a question. Two people are in, it's a kash on this, because it says two people are in the bed together. They can each face the other side and read Kriyashma. And then another source says that if they're in bed with their family um, and, and together, so then they cannot read Kriyashma unless it's a talus mafsik. And if they're, um, and if they're minors, then, then it's okay. Now, according to Rav Yosef, who says that Ishto is okay, and other members of the family will be problematic, so then that would be the nafkamina, that would be, answer the contradiction. But according to Shmuel, who says that it's everyone, including Isha, right, even the wife, so then it's a difficulty. So Shmuel, so Shmuel tell you that what I mean. You think it's better like Rav Yosef? Isn't Rav Yosef going to have a question? It says, Beni Beso, Bemita doesn't exclude the wife, so obviously he's going to say that, uh, and it says there that he needs a talis mafsaka. So obviously he's going to say that there's a machlok, that there's machlok over here. So I'll also say there's machlok stanoim, and I'm going like the Tana that says that it's okay. Now, we said that you can face the opposite directions. Why isn't the problem that the backsides are touching each other? Isn't that its own concern? So the Gemara says, it must be that that's not really an erva. So the Gemara says that we brought perhaps a proof that that's not actually an erva. Because of Rav Huna. Um, it was having a proof to this from Rav Huna because uh, proof to Rav Huna's statement because it talks about a woman who is unclothed and she's able to separate her challah, which a man is not able to do. Because when a man sits down, he's still completely naked, but a woman can sit in such a way that her whole erva is covered. Ah, the backside's open. So the Gemara says that's not a raya. could be that it's not also covered because... It, the floor, you don't know if it's like a, um, like a completely covered area. It could be that it, it's not like a flat floor. It's a floor that goes up, and it would cover both front and back, and it's not a problem. Okay. Next we talked about is, we talked about the children um, is not a problem. The child is, what age is considered a child? So we said for a girl, it's up to three, and boy up to nine, and a day. And uh, others say that it's... Uh, for a girl, up to 11 in a day. For a boy, it's up to 12 in a day. And both are basically saying before there is, um, you know, before they hit the stage of, of puberty. Now, Amma, uh, next song is Rav Kahana, Tetra Rav Ashi. 
Over there, Rava says that uh, the, in the previous halacha by the Tefillin, we said the halacha follows Shmuel even though there's a price against it. Over here, what's the deal? So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Just because over there, does that mean that every place Shmuel says halacha, can they get a price? That's halacha? No. Each one is its own halacha. Comes along with Murray, told her, Papa, what if here is sticking out of the clothes from the Makam Erva? Does that create a problem? So the Gemara says, that's nothing. That's not considered an Erva. Okay. Next thing we talked about in general, that Tavach Bish Erba, and the question is, what does that mean? If it means gazing, that's always a problem, and there's a basis from the Torah. The Torah talks about the jewelry that women wear on the visible parts of the body and also on the uncover, on the covered parts of the body, and they put them in the same category to tell you that gazing at a woman, no matter which part of the woman, even her pinky, which is typically open, it's also it's the same as gazing in any part of her body that's inappropriate, and uh, so that's for sure uh, not what we're talking about. So we're talking about one's own wife, and a tefach of one's own wife is still asr lekriyishma, and that's a raya. Basically, we're really not going like Shmuel, really. Okay. Next, we talked about is uh, the thigh of a woman in general is an erva, and we quoted a pasuk of that effect in Gali Shok, and called that an erva. Um, Shmuel says, Kol erva, a, a woman's voice is an erva, and that's Kikolich Orevomarchnava, you have a very sweet voice. Anyway, woman is a sweet voice, and that is also a reference to, so that indicates that that would be something that, is, uh, that attracts a person, and that would be, um, that would be problematic. Well, well, so, well, well, the tefach of your wife, you can't say Kishma, what is the Gemara specifically referring to here? Oh, so I understood that means the tefach of an area that's typically covered, uh-huh. even from so so then from if, if it's your wife that would be problematic, okay? Even though it's your wife, okay? That's the idea, okay? Um, which is basically uh, okay. I mean that's the story. Okay, Rav Sheshi says ser bi'isha erva, and that's also positive to that effect. Okay, next we talked about Rav Chanina. I saw Rebbe who hung his tefillin, and the eye, there's a kasha, you're not allowed to hang your tefillin, it's like very negative, you're, you're, it's like your life is hanging from, uh, you know, it's like hang, being hung, right, it's inappropriate, so the Gemara says, it's not difficult, it depends on how you're hanging it, if you're hanging it, meaning if, the, if it's being hanged from the string side, the strap side, and then the tefillin is hanging down, that's a bizarre, Derek bizarre. But if the, the, the <coughs> tefillin part is above, and then the strings are hanging down, that's okay. So the bite is the one that has, has to be on the, the top. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's what the first day is. The other opinion is that either one is still problematic. When he talked about it, he hung it. He didn't hang it like that at all. He hung it in its case. And that's what's okay. So the says if it's in its case, then it's like really meaning it's in its yeah. zekel. Right. Talisekel, and it has a hook that you're hooking the talisekel on that should be fine. So it says maybe not. Maybe it's like a Sefer Torah. Sefer Torah needs to be placed down on something. You can't have a Sefer Torah hanging. So that's a story. Okay, brings us to the um, uh, the next Gemara. talks about Rabbi, how, and when he davened, he had uh, burped in his davening, he yawned in his davening, he seized in his davening, he spit in his davening, he uh, flicked out the, uh, the lice in his clothes in the davening. He just would not wrap his tefillin, his talus, on the, in the middle of the davening. Um, meaning, if his talus falls down, he's not going to grab. He didn't go grab it and pick it up in the middle of davening. Uh, when he did yawn, he would cover his mouth um, while yawning. 
So the kash is. Um, you don't have one answer, yeah, only. This is yeah. the middle of Amida. Now the yeah. shaila is is that everything that he did sounds problematic. It says if somebody, well, not everything, but I'm saying it says if somebody makes um, uh, davens out loud, that's a ketani amuna. It's like you don't believe God can hear you when you daven quietly. If you really raise your voice, make it very loud, so then that's like the neviyah sheker. If you are, are um, if you burp or or or, um, or yawn in the middle of davening, that's like a haughty thing to do. If you sneeze in davening, it's a, a simen ra. So, and some say it's like you're a mechur, you're you're a really bad person, a grub a person, so to speak. And if you spit in davening, then it's like spitting before the king. So all those things that he did, it sounds like it's terrible things to do. So we can answer some of them by saying, look. There's two types of burping and yawning. There's burping and yawning that you brought out on your own, and then those that happen to you against your will. So when it's against your will, it's not a bad, nothing to do. But sometimes it's something that you can initiate uh, willfully, and that's probably that's prohibited or very negative. Now, um, the sneezing, what's the contradiction? Sneezing is always involuntary. The Kumar answers is that there's two kinds of sneezes. There's a sneeze that's coming out of your nose, and then the sneeze out of your backside of your body. That's what's problematic. Okay, so the Kumar says, okay, it's not really a sneeze, but anyway, that's uh, the passing guess. So the Kumar says, um, and that's where Abzair says that Laura from Nuno told me, and it was very valuable of a lesson, that somebody who sneezes in his davening, it's actually a very sim- a very good sign because just like you, you know after sneeze you feel better, um, so uh, so too that's you're making it's like a nachas ruach to you. You calms down after the sneeze, so too um, it's a nachas ruach to Hashem. Now the spitting question that's already more problematic because that's pro- that's you know here he's spitting there yeah. that right. So what's the story? So the Kumar says maybe it's like Rav Yuda because Rav Yuda says that if somebody's in the middle of davening. And it turns out that he had some spit, so then he should swallow it into his garment, into his talus. It's a nice talus, so you don't want to ruin the talus, so you do it into your headdress. Um, they used to have like a little, like a kerchief or something that they wore. And Ravina says, if that's, uh, uh, Ravina says, I was behind Ravashi, and he um, went ahead, went behind me to like go ahead and spit it out. So that was. Uh, um, why, why doesn't it say that you could do it into your into your clothes? He says, look, but I'm a nina datoy, meaning I'm a very queasy person. It will gross me out, and probably we all fit that category. So then you need something to spit into. So that's the story. Okay. And I still remember Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Barrel Wine is that one of the biggest, uh, the first things that Reform tried to institute was to get rid of the spittoons in the synagogue. <laughs> the what? The spittoon. I don't know what that something is. That's something that you... Big, <laughs> it used to be the big, other play cup. To spit into? It's a big thing just to spit into, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, you, spoke, you, you chew tobacco. You have to get rid time. of it. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. It's right. a copper bowl. I mean, Even uh, in you remember, you yeah. grew up, see? That was I the big, that was the big innovation, and everyone's like, wow, you're going to get rid of the spittoon. That was the big... Otherwise, it all burned the floor. Where are you going to do with it? Anyway, so that's the story. All right, um, next. Somebody who raises his voice um, in davening or loud is Ketani Amona. We said that's not appropriate. Rav Huna says that depends why you're doing it. If you're doing it because you think Hashem can't hear, that's problematic. But if it's because you can't concentrate when you're whispering, meaning it helps you concentrate, then it's, then it's not negative. However, if it's going to disturb other people, then it is negative even then. 
Okay, um, now Rav Abba was trying to avoid Rav Yehuda at all costs because he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, Rav Yehuda had a shita against going to Eretz Yisrael. He says that you need to stay in Chutzaretz until Hashem remembers, meaning it's not appropriate to be all, to go to Eretz Yisrael nowadays. Now, so he says, but I really want to hear what his Torah. So he went and he snuck in on the outside to listen to what he had to say. And sure enough, he learned a very interesting halacha that somebody's in the middle of, uh, middle of Amida and he has he passes gas, so you have to wait till the get uh, till the smell goes away, and then he goes back to davening. Others say that if you're in the middle of davening, and you feel the need to to, to pass gas, you need to walk backwards for amos, and that's where you do it. And then you wait till the smell goes away, and then you continue your davening, and you start with a prayer that says, "Master of the Universe, you formed us." With holes, with uh, you know, spaces. Uh, spaces in our bodies, and we, you know that our, it's quite a very super embarrassing, in our lives, in our end, we uh, we're worm we're worm food, and then basically, and that's sort of just recognize that you know how lowly man is, speak that out to God, and then go back to your prayer, and uh, he says if I, all I heard was this, it would be worth it. Okay, um, took us to the next thing. Somebody, but your friend doesn't. <laughs> Oh, we'll get there, we'll get there. You suffer, you suffer. We'll get there, right. But we also have to wait. Okay. (laughs) You do this or that? No. Okay. Um, You have to wait. Okay. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so somebody sleeping in his talis, he is not, uh, and he's so cold that he can't move his head from his talis, and uh, he's naked underneath the covers. So the bottom line is, he doesn't, um, I mean, but he, how can he read Kriyashima that way? So you have to stick, you can't stick your head out because it's too cold. Obviously, that is the ideal, but if you cannot do so, so then you just cover the talus close to your neck and make a separation between your neck and the, the, the head, your head and the rest of your body and read Kriyashima that way. Others say that it needs to be, you make a, you know, close it near your chest and, uh, you know, under your heart to separate between the top of your body and the bottom of your body. And uh, what I, according to the Tanakam, isn't the heart going to see the erfa? So he holds that that's not a concern. Okay. Rav Huna said the name of Yochanan, if somebody's going where it smells very bad, you can cover your mouth and, you know, cover your hand over your mouth and uh, read Kriya Shema, even though it smells where you're going. Rav Chizda says, even if I heard this directly from Yochanan, I never would have, I wouldn't listen to it. Other version is it was Rabbi Barchan in the neighborhood of Shuma Levi um, and that said the same thing. And Rav Chizda said, even if I heard it from Rav Shuma Levi directly, I never would listen. Um, and that's the story. Now, the question is does Rav Huna actually say this halacha um, that you could, you could do such a thing? Okay? It was Rav Huna in the name, because the first version was Rav Huna in the name of Rav Yochanan. I, Rav Huna says that a Tamil Chacham can't stand in a Makkantin office because he can't. <coughs> Stop and uh, without thinking Torah. That's how Tamil Chacham is. He's always thinking Torah, so you can't stand in that. So it's contradictory, right? Meaning he holds that it's a problem. So the answer is different between standing and walking. When you're walking, it's better. That's what he's saying. Even though you're passing by something that smells. Ah, Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, does Rabbi Yochanan hold that? Rabbi Barchanan said the name of Rabbi Yochanan that you're allowed to be maharer anywhere in Debrei Torah except in a bathhouse or in a Bisakise. Now, what's the difference? Um, yes, we're talking about sta- are you making a difference between standing and walking? I, Rabbi Vo, was following Rabbi Yochanan 
he was reading Kriyashma, when he came to, the, uh, to these places that were dirty, he was silent. So you see, he did not, he made sure not to, even though he was walking. So, um, so and he asked Rabbi Yochanan, where do I go back to? So he says, if you pause enough to go back to the beginning, to, to finish the whole thing, then you have to go back to the beginning. So is that contradictory? So the Gemara says, no, no, no. What's going on over there was, is that it was, it was, uh, Rabbi Yochanan was answering Lishitas, he says, Lishitas Rebbevohu, meaning he was the, Rebbevohu was the one who was reading Kriyashma, and he stopped, and then he asked Rabbi Yochanan, what do I do about going back? And he's like, you're going to have to go back to the beginning, if the, only if the pause was so long that you could have finished the whole thing. Which, which, but that's not because that was his own shita, that was only because I know what you hold, and therefore, but I personally hold that once you're walking, it's not problematic. We brought a brysa that supports Rafuna, and Bryce is supporting Rav Chizda. And uh, basically, I don't, uh, how much farther did I go? I got to the two dots, right? I got to the, bottom, to the two dots, right? Anyway, the bottom line is this Bryce is backing both sides of this question, whether it's okay or not. Um, um, and uh, basically, what if you, the no, Gemara wanted to know the question? No, 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 no,